Thank you to the worship team. Let's give them a hand. Praise God. Well, I think most of you know Shane is in Israel. And um, he called me this week and asked me if I would speak this morning. So I told him that I would. Um, of course, he's always last minute. It was only like three days ago that he called me. But uh, it's usually that way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really happy to be here. My name is Brandon. I know some of you know me and my wife, Darnell. We, this is where we go to church. We also have an orphanage in Kenya. Darnell's there at the orphanage now. She'll be there through the month of June. Appreciate your prayers for her. And God is doing great things all over the world. And, and we often don't hear about it. We, we hear about the bombings and the stuff that's been going on in England. And um, that stuff always makes the news. But every day on this earth, thousands and thousands of people come to know Jesus. There are also thousands of miracles of lives transformed, people delivered from drugs, people healed of sicknesses and lives transformed. It's amazing what God is doing. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We, We know that's in the Bible, but we still often project His power into the future or into some other part of the world. God's doing miracles overseas, but things don't happen here. And that's just simply not true. And before I I share from the Word of God, I really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to do something a bit unusual. Hope it doesn't make you feel awkward, but um, I feel like we should pray for one another, that we should take a few minutes and do some body ministry. And we've seen this, uh, some of the greatest miracles we've seen in other countries, especially in Kenya, have been uh, when people just come together just to pray for one another in some of the meetings that, that we've had. So what I want to ask, um, if you'll just walk with me for a few minutes and trust the Lord, is, is there anyone that's sick here today? I'm not going to pray for you, but, but I'm, but I'm going to ask us to pray for one another. Is anyone sick? There's pain in your body. There's some disease, something you're struggling with um, physically. Anyone? Okay, I, I see some hands. Thank you. Okay, so what I want you to do is stand up, and I'm just going to ask people to come and, and just put their hands on you and pray for you. Would you do that? Would you stand up if you're sick, struggling? I don't care if it's a headache, anything in your body physically that you're just fighting. If you'll stand up, then uh, we're going to ask people to pray for you. Okay, anyone else? I know there's some more. Just stand up for a moment, and we're going to ask God's people in whom Jesus lives to pray for you. Okay, so those of you that are not standing up, I would like for you just to walk over and put your hand on someone that is. And we're, we're going to ask God to touch them. And many of you will be healed. Okay, t- take your time. Just go right over. If you see someone standing, just go and stretch out a hand of love. We've seen amazing miracles just from, from things like this. Now, Jesus carried not only our sins, but our sicknesses in his body 
when he died on the cross. He's a healer, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't need some man of God or pastor or anyone else to pray for you, for Christ lives within his people, and you are his people. And I want you to believe right now, and with love and compassion and faith, pray for your brother and sister right now. Just begin to pray right where you are. Ask for healing. Ask for restoration of their health, their strength, their physical body. Ask God right now to touch that one next to you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. We're asking for our brothers and sisters that you will touch them. That you will release them from the pain. The thing they've been fighting. You carried it, Jesus, when you died on that cross. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for your mercies, Jesus. Your kindness, Lord. You love us. You care when we're sick and when we're struggling. Thank you for your love. Pour your love through your people right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Okay. You can go back to your place. Now, I want to ask, did anyone feel any difference? Did anyone feel... You felt something? You feel better now? Stand up. What do you feel? What happened? I felt like that was a feeling from my body. So you, you feel stronger? You feel... Yes. What happened? Peace and joy came in. Did you, did you feel it physically? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? You, you felt a difference when they prayed for you. What did you feel? Warmth. Warmth, the presence of God. There's the Holy Spirit. Yes, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anyone else? What, what did you feel? But you felt it physically in your body? Warmth and love. Praise God. What happened? I felt warm. You, did you feel relief physically from pain? Praise God. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand. Oh, yeah. What, what happened? In your knee. So does your knee actually feel better? Praise God. Give the Lord a hand. Okay. So I, mean, I, I didn't need to, to lay hands on anyone, I, and, and I'm just your brother. In fact, I want you to see me as a brother right now. I'm a minister, but, you know, we, we've got this thing. There's the professional Christian that does missions and is a pastor, and then there's the rest of us. You know, we're down here, you know, and, and that's an illusion. It's wrong because you are God's people, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. 
And, and so the, the Jesus Christ that is the same yesterday and today and forever is in you, all of us. So I'm just a brother, okay? So today, just let me be a brother. And I, we're, we're going to pray again before I, I, I teach the word, but I want to tell you a story. Because we, we practice this. When I hold meetings, I teach pastors and leaders in other countries. And, and often in our conferences and meetings, we do this very thing. And, and I tell them because, well, like in, in black Africa, they tend to look at the white man in, in the wrong way. In, the word in Swahili is mzungu. So sometimes when we go into villages, the children will run around, they'll say, mzungu, mzungu, mzungu. And that means white man, white man, white man. Of course, when everybody's black and a white man walks in, it's pretty exciting to little kids. But even the older people, well, the mzungu brings the money. The mzungu brings the power of God or whatever. So, so when I teach our leaders, I tell them this is wrong. It's like it's a form of idolatry. I say, God lives in you. You can minister to one another. You have the power of God. You have the Holy Spirit. And so we often have them uh, break up into small groups and just pray for one another. And, and we could fill a book of miracles. But I want to tell you one miracle that happened when we did this, what we just did. We were, uh, I told the people to pray for one another. So there was a woman uh, in, in the meeting that had lost her daughter. 16-year-old girl had, had, had gone insane. And that, that actually happens a lot over there. There's a lot of witchcraft and crazy things. So her 16-year-old daughter had a total nervous breakdown, lost her mind, and vanished. Boom. Two years. No one had heard or seen of her. 16-year-old girl disappears in Africa, out of an African village, and lost her mind. Okay, the body of Christ prayed with this lady. This lady just shared her burden. And the people of God, not me, the people of God just gathered around her and prayed for her. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this. She went home from that meeting two years later. Her daughter is now 18. Her daughter is sitting in the house in her right mind. That is a crazy miracle. And, but, but God is in his people. And I, I could tell you a lot of other stories like that. So there's something else I felt of the Holy Spirit. We're, we're going to do again what we did, but we're going to do it a little bit different. <clears throat> there are people in here who have a broken heart. Maybe you lost a loved one to, through death or um, a divorce or some other tragedy that you went through, and you're really carrying a heavy weight. But also, it could be that you lost a career or a job, uh, some devastation in your life that has created a heavy weight in your mind and in your heart to the point that it just distracts you. It's there all the time. You're just carrying it. it again, it could be a broken relationship. A husband left you. A wife a child uh, has gone into drugs or something like that, but it just distracts you all the time. Okay, so I, I want to say something that Jesus said. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not like the world gives. So I, I don't give to you like they give. In the world, when, when we do things for other people, we're, we're kind of expecting a payback. You know, I'm going to do you a favor. I expect you to do me a favor. Jesus said, I'm not giving you my peace that way. The peace of God is a gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot earn it by being a good Christian, praying all the time, reading your Bible all the time. And we often think, 
that we have to earn God's peace. Now, granted, if you're living in rebellion and sin, you're not going to experience the peace of God, okay? We all understand that. You turn away from the Lord, you're, you're not going to have His peace. But I'm talking to people who are following the Lord with, with some depth of sincerity, okay? I'm, I'm speaking to you. His peace is a free gift. It's free. It's unconditional. Jesus said, my peace I give. All you have to do is receive it. And you need peace. I mean, we really can't function without peace of mind. And, and one more thing I want to add to that. You do not have to understand what happened to you. Don't demand an answer from God. Many Christians never have peace because they're always asking, why God? Why God? Why did this happen? And so they're telling God, you need to make me understand why this happened. And if you demand an answer to understand, then you cannot experience the peace that passes understanding. Now you can chew on that the rest of the day. <laughs> the peace that passes understanding. God wants to give you that peace. You stop demanding to understand. And you stop asking why. And you start trusting. Now, God is going to set many people free today from a broken heart, from the heaviness that just weighs down on you. It distracts you when you're on your job, when you're trying to study or read. The weight is just there. And Jesus is saying, I love you, and I want to take that from you. Now, if that's you, I want you to stand up right now. You're struggling inside. We don't have to know what it is. Just this that you're struggling with this heaviness. Okay? And, and if you were prayed for a while ago, and this is you, stand up again. We'll pray for you again. It's okay. It's perfectly okay. Okay. I want you to look around you. There's people struggling here with, with heaviness. Now, let's do it again. Go to someone you see standing up. Stretch out a hand of compassion and love and ask God to give them peace that passes understanding. Ask God to heal their heart and soul. He wants to do that. He wants to fill you with His peace. You stop asking why. You start, and you just receive His peace right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Your peace is a free gift, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heal the heart. Heal the soul. Heal the broken heart. The disappointment, the loss. Lift it from them, Lord. Let them feel your love. Let your love be tangible. Let them feel it, Lord, in their emotions, in their body. Oh, thank you, God. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your mercies. Okay. Thank you. You know what? You have done, those of you that prayed, you have released the Jesus that is within you. 
And, and you, you carry that with you wherever you go. You carry it. You don't need to bring someone here so Pastor Shane can pray for them. You pray. You pray wherever you are. You don't even wait. You stretch out a hand of compassion and love to your neighbor, to your friend. It's in you. It's in you. Say, well, I've never seen that before. Well, you'll start seeing it now. Just step out in faith. In, in, in all the places where it sometimes feels awkward, it could be in Walmart or it could be on your job, and, and you don't have to scream and yell and make a big scene. You, you could say, hey, man, I, I see you're hurting. Well, what's going on? And, and, and you can talk to people and, 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 and just put an arm on a shoulder and, and pray and, and love people wherever you are. It works. Uh, I do it frequently, and, and I, don't, I don't embarrass people, you know. I, I don't believe in making a big scene, but I believe in showing his love whenever, wherever I go. How about you? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. I just feel like I want to be a little closer to you. And and, and again, I I just want you to see me as a brother, a passionate brother, I hope, but not more than that. Before uh, I talk about the verses, uh, or before we look into the Word of God, I want to say thank you to HopeWorks. And HopeWorks is a big supporter of of what we do in Kenya and our ministry. In fact, HopeWorks gives us far more than than we give. We give more, actually, to uh, the orphan children of our personal income than we give here. We're really bad tithers. That's just a confession. and, but HopeWorks has really supported us. And we, we actually give way more than our tithe to, to orphans every month, our, our, our personal income. Um, but haven't been good tithers here, but have been amazed at the generosity. So I want to say thank you to HopeWorks for standing behind us and, and all that we do. And I'm going to shamelessly plug our ministry. Um, you can find us on the web at ilsministries.com ilsministries.com. Check us out on Facebook. Just search uh, International Living Streams. You'll see Darnell's there now. She always posts. uh, And my daughter, my oldest daughter is with her as well. Amber. Check us out. A lot of cool pictures and videos. A lot of fun pictures of kids. Fun, beautiful, exciting pictures of babies and children having a good time. And uh, a few pictures of me. Not many, a lot more of children. There's one picture where I'm, I'm, uh, I've got these big bubble wands, you know, the, the giant bubbles, and I've got two wands, one in each hand. I'm running, and the kids are chasing the bubbles. That's a cool picture of me. <laughs> anyway, thank you to HopeWorks for your support and love, and check us out. <clears throat> okay. Shane uh, has been sharing from the Book of Romans. I'm just going to pick right up. We're beginning with Romans, verse 18. Praise the Lord. It's time for you and I to be excited. It's a a wondrous time of God's glory being revealed in the world. And, And I hurt like you do when I hear about the tragedies, the bombings and things. But please know that God's kingdom is exploding 
uh, throughout the earth. And in the continent of Africa alone, I think there's like, there's more than 10,000 people that come to Jesus every single day in Africa. And, uh, and you, you can multiply that by 10 times if you talk about China and Asia and India. Uh, I used to work a lot in India. We built a church in India. We had some orphans in India for a while. And uh, see if I remember the figures. 20 years ago, when I worked with Gospel for Asia, that's a great organization. I actually used to work within that organization. Um, 20 years ago, back then, there was 100,000 people a month coming to Jesus just in India alone. That was 20 years ago. And, and, and it has increased since then. And though there's persecution and uh, there's martyrs and there's, there's dark things that happen, the hand of God is being outstretched all over this world. And you need to be encouraged by that because Jesus wins in the end. I'm telling you, he wins. And as far as I'm concerned, he is Lord of all and Evil has not been vanquished yet, but it will be. Because the Bible says uh, Jesus will reign until all enemies are put under his feet. So I see that as a successive expansion of the presence of God in the world that will culminate with the coming of Jesus. I mean, that will, that will end it all. And I don't know exactly how it's going to unfold, but I know that it will unfold. And evil will be vanquished. And his name will be glorified throughout all the earth. But we're actually a part of that. And, and we see that. We've seen that for many years. Uh, though there are always struggles and there are always problems. If uh, you could come and see what the Lord has done just in, in the orphanage that we have in Kenya. I was there in April of this year. We had a women's conference. And, and we always have wondrous miracles uh, in the women's conference and that's a special burden that, that the Lord has put on our heart and clearly instructed us to reach out to the women and uplift them and, and love them and, and, uh, and show them who they are in Him but anyway uh, I remember I was there in April and uh, I was just at the orphanage and I, and I was there with all the kids and the kids were all out of school so we have 104 children now and I was just there, and they were. There's this big tree that we have. Katina's been there. Katina's here today. She's seen it many times. We have this big tree and a bench around the tree, all the way around the tree. And I was sitting on that bench, and the kids were crawling all over me. I mean, literally. There's two here on my head, and there's one on each arm, and between my legs, and pulling. And, and um, but I was so happy in that moment. Close my eyes. I said, Lord, heaven can't be better than this. <laughs> this is wonderful, and my heart is full. I can ask for no more. Um, it was just a wonderful feeling of joy and fulfillment. These are children who, some of whom would be dead or certainly uh, sick or uh, having other problems, but they were all happy. They're all happy, and they're secure, and they're cared for. And they're learning about Jesus. And I thought, oh, wow, this is all the reward that I want in this world. I, I need no other recognition. And I don't even need for people to recognize that I'm doing that. It, it was the children that were giving me the joy. It was being with them that, that was making me so happy. 
It's not that I, I need even for you to know that I'm doing that, but it's so joyful to me. I just want to share it with you. Okay, it's time to preach, isn't it? Romans chapter 8, or begin with verse 18. I'm, I'm just going to read through the whole thing, and we'll go back and, and try to break it down a little bit. For I consider, uh, that's Romans 8, verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from the bondage of corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Oh, what a vision. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Also, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. This is the Holy Spirit. He helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose... For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those that he called, he justified. And those that he justified, he glorified. Wow! That's like, just that passage like there is like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant. It's it's too much. And we need a long time to, to process it. But we'll, we'll uh, give it as good an overview as we can. <clears throat> and I want to eject, interject some of my own view of this. So when it says, when I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us, and, and, and the verses that immediate, immediately follow, we... We want to project all that into the future, either the millennium or the coming of Jesus or heaven or something like that. And, and, and certainly that is true. But there's something else that is true. And that is that the world around you is longing for you to manifest the presence of God now, not just then. There is a groaning. There is this groaning in the creation and, and, and it is calling out to you and to me. It's saying, will you show me the presence of God? Will you show, will you show me the glory of God? Because I'm blind, and I'm, I'm in bondage, and I'm struggling, and you have something. And so there is a glory that God wills and wants to reveal through you now. Now, right now. 
And, and I know that because we've seen that. It is his kingdom. It is his presence. So the struggles that you're going through should never be compared with the glory you already have. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you now, the hope of glory. That's the glory that's to be revealed to the world. It's him. It's himself. It's Jesus. And he is in you. We saw just, just a little bit of it. We saw a glimpse of it. And that's why I asked you to pray for one another. Did you hear the stories? Many people were immediately touched with the sweetness, the warmth, even their bodies. and In physical ways, they felt it. That is the glory of God. That's the presence of God that lives in you. And that's what the world is longing for. You that were touched. You were longing to be touched. So the creation is groaning now, waiting for you to reveal Jesus. So bring that into the present. And it's true in the future also. The the consummation of that revelation will be in the future when Jesus comes. But it's to begin now. The revelation of Jesus through his people is now. And And it is progressive up until the end of time. But he wants to show himself through you. So get your eyes back on him when you're struggling, when you're uncertain, and when you're going through suffering. Okay, that's my take on that part. I, I want to uh, move up and to, to the last part of this passage and, and get right into where it says, for we know that all things work together for good for those that love God. You know, I'm, I'm also a preacher, and I've preached funerals, and you don't share this with people at a funeral it's just bad. You don't go to people that have lost a loved one and say, well, you know, all things work together for good. Don't ever do it if you're at a funeral or you're trying to comfort somebody, especially with a great loss, uh, because they can't make sense out of their loss or their tragedy. And that will just upset them. Nevertheless, this is true. Why? What is he talking about when he says, we know that all things work together for good? Well, he explains it in the next verse. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And this is what I I want to focus on today. It is the image of his son. But I want to replace the word image, but, but I'll use both words in the rest of the message But what does image mean? When God made man in his image, he did not make man uh, in his image physically. This is before Jesus came. Of course, Jesus was born as a man. But I'm talking about at the beginning. I'm talking about Adam and Eve. He made God in his image. The Bible says God is a spirit. Uh, God made man in his image. But God is a spirit. He's not a man. So... When it says that God made man in his image, image means nature. Say that word with me. Say nature. Nature. Image is nature. Okay. So let's go back to Adam and Eve. God breathed into them his very image, his perfect nature. And what is one word that describes his nature? What is it? Who knows? Love. God is love. That is his nature. Yes, he is holy. Love is holy. Love is just. Love is righteous. It is all those things. 
But in one word, the best word that describes the nature of God is love. So image meets nature. The nature of God is love. So when God made Adam and Eve, they were perfect love. We don't understand perfect love in this world, even in our relationships and in marriage. We're looking for someone uh, to meet our needs. But perfect love is not needy. When Adam and Eve had love, they weren't needy. It wasn't, I need you, I need you. But a lot of love is, is like that in this world. We fall in love with someone that we need. And so sometimes when we say, I love you, we really mean, I need you. I need you in my life. But God's love is not like that. It is not a needy love. And Adam and Eve were not needy. They loved one another, but they didn't need one another because they had God. Think about that. They had God. Why would they need one another? They didn't. They had absolutely perfect love for each other without needing each other because they were filled with God's own presence and life and they had God's own nature. And then without breaking down the story too much, you know, the deception that came into the garden, God told them they could eat of everything except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and I see that tree, I believe it was a literal tree, but I also believe it was symbolic of man making the decision of what is right and wrong because it was the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and, and evil. So spiritually speaking, when man reached for the tree, he was saying, now I will decide what is good, what is evil, what is right, what is wrong. I will decide for myself, and I will no longer let you, God, decide for me. That was what was forbidden, that they could make that decision for themselves. Okay, so, but the serpent came in, which is Satan, and and he deceived them. Now, God had told them that in the day that you eat of this tree, in the day that you make the decision that you decide what is right or wrong, you will die. In that very day, he said, you will die. And, of course, you know what happened. Satan deceived Eve and Adam, and they, they partook of the tree. And what happened immediately when they ate it? Well, they didn't die physically. But what happened? Fear. Just like that. Fear. So what is the opposite of love? It is not hate. Fear is the opposite of love. They had known no fear. They had known nothing but perfect love. And by the way, you hate what you fear. Fear leads to hate. You hate what you fear. We do, not just you. That, that's human, fallen human nature. What we fear, we hate. And fear is the opposite of love. And hate is also opposed to love, but fear is first. So we know that because they hid themselves. Immediately after they ate, they felt fear and they hid themselves. God's presence comes and, and they're hiding. God says, where are you? He knew where they are, but he wanted them to speak. And, and they said, we were scared. We hit ourselves. So the thing that died was the image of God. The nature died instantly. So they lost the nature of love. The image died. And it was many, many years. And because they had 
perfect bodies, it, it took 900 years for them to even die physically because God made them so free of disease and weaknesses and all the stuff that we know. They didn't even have that in their bodies. And even though the, the, the nature had changed, it took nearly a thousand years for this body to, to really break down and pass away. And, and then successively after that, that time got shorter, 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 shorter. <clears throat> okay, so the image died. They didn't die physically. Jesus did not come to die to take us to heaven. And, and I believe in heaven, and, and I believe we'll get to go to heaven. I, I believe in hell and heaven. But Jesus died to restore the image and nature of God to us. And when that image is restored, we get to go to heaven. It's a byproduct. It's, it's a secondary effect. Yes, I get to live with him forever in heaven, in his presence. But the restoration of that nature is what m- makes that happen. The nature of God. Jesus died to restore the image, the nature of God. That's what the cross is all about. And he came to bring us back to the Father. And the, the, that reconciliation is in that. In restoring that image, we are reconciled to God. That's why he came. And this is the thing that I believe God wants us to see and that he's been revealing to me and showing to me now for especially this past year. Because I've been so hung up for so many years on succeeding for God because I felt called to preach at 17 years of age. In fact, I started preaching at 17. I actually opened my mouth and let it rip. And uh, I feel sorry for the people who had to hear me back then because I didn't know what I was talking about. And I only know a little bit now. But uh, so, and I'm sure a lot of people are like me. You know, we, we want to be something. We want to matter and be significant. And that's a strong drive in, in human beings. So for me, after I was touched by God and come to know the reality and love of Jesus, I wanted to be something for him. And so I spent many years, decades, struggling to be something for him. And in my mind, that would be a minister or a pastor or a missionary. And so I strove, I strove with all that was within me to be that and always felt uh, like a failure. Always. Even though I've, I've actually been a pastor myself, only it was just under three, about two and a half years that I actually pastored a church in the Dallas area. But I've also been an assistant pastor and a missions director and children's director and all those things over the years. But but always struggling, thinking that I was not succeeding and, and I was trying to be something. And one of the greatest freedoms that God has given to me in my lifetime is to show me His supreme calling that is greater, that, that so is so much greater than anything I could ever try to be, it, it almost vanishes and disappears in the brightness of this light. And that is that he predestined me to be conformed to the image of his son, the nature of his son. And, and the, the freedom that, that came to me was that if I would just let go of trying to be something for God, 
trying as in the missionary, the pastor or whatever, and just pursue this one thing. Your image in me. You predestined me to be conformed to your image, your nature, to to pursue that above all else and to know that that's what he called and predestined me to be above all else. And then just let it fall out however it falls out. I don't have to go overseas. I don't have to be a pastor, quote, the professional. That's why I'm telling you I'm just your brother. I want you to see this. Just be a brother. Just be a sister. Just be in his image. Just just be in his image. Just let his nature be revealed within you. That's the revealing of the sons of God that the world is crying out for. It's his nature. It's his love. That perfect, rich, deep love. That's what I'm called to. The, the rest really doesn't even matter. Because if that is in me and it's beginning to come out, well, maybe I'll preach, but it doesn't matter. Quote, preach, preacher, be a preacher. What's a preacher? I don't know. You know, we've created all these political and governmental offices in the church, the, the professionals, and, and, and it's actually not in the Bible. Leaders and elders are, are definitely in here, but, but this professional Christian is not in the Bible. We're just brothers and sisters called to reveal his image. That's all. And, and some of us are going to end up overseas and maybe we'll open an orphanage or maybe, maybe we'll do this or do that. And, <clears throat> you know, I struggled for years. I wanted to see more miracles. You know, God really showing up and people getting delivered and healed and, and things happening because I'd hear about this and hear about this. And I'd done mission work for many years. <clears throat> And, you know, and I'm oh, preaching out there. Man, I've preached on the streets of India and Africa and all this and not seeing what I wanted to see. And, uh, and it just seemed like it just fell in our lap, you know, this thing with children. The, this family said, look, would you help us? We're taking in AIDS orphans or parents that died of AIDS. And we said, yeah, we'll pray about that. And, and I talked to Darnell. And, and so we started helping um, abandoned children that had nothing. And I'm telling you, almost overnight, we started seeing miracles at a level we had never seen them. Why? Because now I wasn't trying to be something. I'm just helping abandon children. Now, now we're really getting into the nature of God. Now we're really, really getting into the heart of God. And I can, I can remember me and my wife, Darnell, praying. So we've got these kids. We don't have money. We don't have reason. We don't have anything. So we're just stretching out there in faith and love, faith and love, faith and love, just stretching. Out. So we're taking in kids, and we would take in some more and take in some more. And we would pray, and pow, miracles and money and checks coming in the mail. And, and uh, there was a time when we were beginning to grow with children, and we needed... <clears throat> We needed $30,000. And at that time, this is over 10 years ago, that was like an outrageous amount that was beyond our ability to, to, to think about. But I remember we had this prayer meeting, and uh, during the prayer time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Darnell, and she was just filled with boldness. And she said, Lord, I reach out. And I take $30,000. I receive it. It's mine. And, and in less than two weeks, we got a check in the mail for $30,000. We, we got another check, too. Actually, the total was $32,000. And, 
And that was like, whoa, whoa. That was just, that was, that was a miracle. Since then, that sort of thing has happened many times. In fact, we got uh, a $25,000 check two weeks ago. <laughs> but, but we need it. We, I mean, uh, we spend thousands of dollars every month, and that, that stuff just disappears like that. And it's not for us. It, it's for the, the orphan children. But uh, we started seeing stuff like that and answers to prayer and, 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 and kids getting healed. And, and, and often we've had to take kids to the hospital. And every time we don't see an immediate miracle. And, and if kids are sick, we'll, we'll take care of them in a practical way. But, but we saw kids get healed and, and, and things happen. And because we were stretching out in love and faith. And, and so the other stuff, trying to be the preacher, trying just begin to kind of kind of fade away. This is my experience. And my wife, of course, she said, well, I've always been telling you that. You're so hung up on what you're supposed to be, preacher. You know, <laughs> but, but I couldn't see it. And uh, my wife is actually more free than I am. She's just very, very free to, to be herself and not try to be anything that, that she's not. And she's very strong in that area, and I have to admire her for that. Um, but we began to see the hand of the Lord outstretched in provision, in resources, in answers to prayer. And uh, if you go back and, and read Isaiah 58, that, that is one of the richest passages uh, in the Bible. It's just delightfully full of light. And, 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 and he's saying, you know, he said, you're fasting, you're doing all this stuff, and you're putting on sackcloth and ashes, and you're crying out to me for a blessing. And God's saying, <laughs> This is not even important to me. You punishing, punishing your body by not eating. And, and God says, I'll tell you what I really respect is when you stretch yourself out for the poor and needy and the naked and the homeless. And, 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 and he said, if you do that, you will see my glory rise upon you. You will see my presence. Uh, you will see honor. I will honor you. And, and, and go back and read that. And that is exactly what has happened in fact, if you read that passage and you come to see our orphanage, when you walk in, you will see beautiful trees and flowers and you'll hear laughter and singing and joy and building up the old waste places. It just is, an, it is a total fulfillment of Isaiah 58 in, in our lives. It is a place rich with love and joy and life. And, and, and God, and, and God it, he did it. Just exactly what he said he would do in Isaiah 58. He did for us when we stretched out for the poor and the needy and those who had no one. And, and many of these children that came out of horrific circumstances. And, and by the way, I, I'm not saying you need to, to start an orphanage, but I'm saying you need to release this love that he has given you and seek this one thing. Let his image and his nature be revealed within you and understand that that calling supersedes every other calling. In fact, you that are young, what you think about it? What should I do with my life? Should I get married? Should, should I be a teacher? What should I do with my career? You know, uh, Lord, I'm praying for a wife. I need a wife. I need a wife. And, and I did that when I was young. I did that. And God answered and gave me a lot more than I asked for. <laughs> good, 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 good. But you that are young, don't worry about that stuff. I know it's important that you find the right mate for your life, 
the right partner. It's important. But that is so easy for him to take care of. You pursue the nature of God. You pursue this one calling that Jesus died to give you to reveal the the nature and the image of God within you, that perfect love that he is. You seek that. You seek first the kingdom. And you make that your passion, the beauty and wonder of Jesus, knowing him, intimacy with him, intimacy with Jesus. You seek that. And I promise you, God will show you where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do. What should I do with my life? What about my career? Where should I work? You seek Him first and know that this is what you were predestined for. For those whom He foreknew, He knew you before you were born. He predestined you to be conformed to the nature of His Son. The verse above that we go back to, and we know that all things work together for good. This is why. Anything that happens to me, good or bad, and bad will happen, it's a part of living in this world. Anything that happens advances me into the image of God, into His nature. And if you can take that by faith, it will free you. So when someone does you wrong, I don't care if it's a a spouse, a family member, a boss at work that's mistreating you, a co-worker that's lying about you, spreading drama, you have family members that are attacking you, criticizing you, tearing you down, you do not look at them. You look up and say, you predestined me to be conformed to your image. And everything that's happening to me out here is accelerating that process and advancing me into his image and nature. I will not look at you. You can't hurt me. You cannot hurt me. You can push me into his presence if I keep my eyes on him. But if I look at you or if I look at me, I'm going to become bitter. I'm going to get my eyes off him. I'm going to become hard-hearted. The good that all things are working together toward, the good is perfecting his nature and image in me. And everything that happens will just perfect that nature in me. I will not give you the power to hurt me. Don't give anyone the power to devastate you. Don't give a spouse the power to wreck your life. If you have a husband or wife that is criticizing you all the time, it often happens in marriage. Don't give them the power to devastate you. Look up at Jesus. Say, Jesus, reveal your nature within me. Teach me long-suffering, love, and forgiveness. The prize is the completion, the perfecting of his nature within me. That's the prize of life. It's not a happy marriage. Don't you think God wants us to be happy? No. I think God wants you to be filled with joy and peace and victory. But happiness in human terms, I I don't. So what's our image? A beautiful marriage, a great job, money in the bank, a beautiful house, happy children. We're never sick. We've always got enough money. Our bills are always paid. I mean, in America, that's happiness. 
And, and by the way, I believe God is filled with blessings at, at a personal level. And also, by the way, when we stretched ourselves out to help abandoned children, we got all kinds of personal blessings that we weren't even asking for. And that's a, that's a whole other story. But we're not seeking that. We, we also have struggles. But God is a God of blessings. And I'm not taking that away. But don't see God, especially Jesus, as a success deity. He is not a success deity. And this is not a book of techniques and principles that will lead to success. Many Christians see this as a book full of principles that lead to the path of success. God forbid that's not what this is. This is to learn about his nature so that you might have an intimate relationship with him. It's about a relationship with him, a living relationship. It's not a book of techniques. And so we don't look for techniques to get blessings. We follow the living God with all of our hearts. And he's going to bless us at a personal level. He really is going to bless you. I believe that with all my heart. But that's not what I've given my life to. I've given my life to follow him. I'm going past my time. (laughs) We're supposed to stop before 12, and it is now after 12 o'clock. One last verse. Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago... At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Wow. Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. And Jesus wants to be revealed in you. Let's stand up. Lord Jesus, thank you. Touch every heart, touch every soul. Reveal your love, not only to us, but within us. Set us free from ourselves, for there is no greater freedom and to be free from ourselves. We thank you in Jesus' name.